Hey, starting the party. He's Bill. I'm Daniel. We're going to fill our pop official holes of various pieces of media that we missed the first time around. Yes. And it's too late to be talking about it. This time we're talking about a very old ass movie. Super One you've probably we... never heard of. Because yeah. why would you? Had you heard of this before? <laughs> Maybe vaguely, but that might have been you that mentioned it to me. Uh, we're talking about uh, 1914's The Patchwork Girl of Oz. Had you, 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 had you known that there were silent uh, Wizard of Oz films before? Maybe in passing, but not enough that I would have ever no- noticed or kept that <laughs> yeah. knowledge in my brain pan. I don't know if you're like a particular like uh, Oz aficionado or anything like that, too. Yeah, I grew up with the books. My dad read them. Oh, that's right. I forgot because we, yeah, we talked about Return of Oz before, so we've talked about our our personal histories with Oz before. And you actually do have a history with the actual books, which 99.9% of the human population doesn't anymore. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I knew the backstory of, of Ozma or whatever, however the fuck you say their yeah, name. Ozma and Zuki Ozma, and yeah. Panuki Poo Poo. Panuki Poo Poo. And Oz characters. And it, yep. that's even just talking about the, the books that L. Frank Baum wrote because then he bequeathed the series onto someone else after he died, and like that person wrote like thirty-four Oz books. And I think <laughs> he someone... said, "Hey, you're crazy too. You want to write some books?" Hey, hey, I- I'm about to die, but I've established this very easy follow, te- te- uh, easy to follow template of a person finds a thing and they go on a series of episodic adventures, going from one shitty, uh, shittily, lazily themed town to another <laughs> shittily, lazily themed town until they finally mm-hmm. get the. The Emerald City, and whoever's li- whoever happens to be in command of the Emerald City at that time fixes their problem for them, and that's the end of the story. Just, just do that again for like 34 times for the rest of your life, and you'll never have to <laughs> work an honest day's living again. And any problems they come along to along the way are easily fixed with random bullshit they happen <laughs> to find at that magic. very specific make, scene. Make sure there's no internal consistency to this universe or how anything <laughs> works. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So that's the Oz universe. How much I should, I, I, I feel bad because I, I really love the Oz universe more for its aesthetics than anything else. Like the illustrations in the old Oz books are really cool, and yeah. of course, everyone loves the Wizard of Oz. The the, the nineteen thirty was it nineteen thirty nine uh MGM classic film. But yeah, it's the the reason I wound up picking this project for today was, I just uh, a couple months ago I picked up a book. I think it was like the companion book to the 75th anniversary of the MGM mm-hmm. Wizard of Oz. And just I just got around to just flipping through it just recently. And uh, it's really interesting because it's, 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 it's not a huge book or anything like that. But they do spend a lot of time talking about uh, how there's all this trepidation about how when they first announced that they were going to make a, a big movie version of the Wizard of Oz, a lot of people were like, oh, I don't know. That's such a classic story. Like, you might fuck it up. And uh, because, not even because in the 1930s people had grown up uh, reading the books, but I guess the a lot of the people knew the Wizard of, Wizard of Oz stories from traveling road shows that mm. were based off the books. To the point that even when at the uh, Wizard of Oz premiere, they went out of their way to have, like, Fred Stone, who was the guy who originally played the Scarecrow on, on stage. And whoever the other surviving members of that, like, traveling roadshow cast, uh, 
uh, they made sure that they were at the premiere just to say, hey, we didn't forget our, about our legacy. We're not trying to fuck up anything up. We're trying to be respectful. They, they were treating the old, like, roadshow of The Wizard of Oz. Like, you would have to treat the old, that movie, the MGM uh, Wizard of Oz now, if you were to come out and say, hey, we're going to make a new Wizard of Oz remake yeah. or something like that. Yeah, they were like, don't worry, you're all still going to have nightmares at what you're going to see in this movie. <laughs> exactly. Don't, don't sweat it. Well, that got me thinking about, like, there's this whole era of Wizard of, Wizard of Oz stuff that existed before the MGM movie version that just no one cares about anymore. Just because that yeah. movie version so profoundly usurped the books and those live-action stage plays and... St- <laughs> Not that these silent uh, films that we're talking about today were much of a thing, but like including the silent films, all that stuff kind of got brushed aside by you know uh, Judy Garland and and that shit eventually. Was Bomb still alive when that came out? No, his widow was around, and she's the one who kind of signed off on the MGM thing. But she was old too because I think he died like like nineteen twenty or something like that. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, that's fine because if this movie's anything to go off of, it would have (laughs) fucking. Said, make it fucking uh, just oodles worse. Well, that's this is this not like how the books are? Kinda, yeah, kinda. I mean, I mean only, I've only read a couple of Oz a, books. Yeah, it's got a major difference that Ojo is played. It's a girl in the movie, but it's a boy in the book. <laughs> Which I noticed. I forget one of the interstitials. The, I mean, it's played. Ojo is played by a girl. Which, that's yeah. a big, you know, that's, well, welcome to live action theater. That's always been a thing since fucking Shakespearean times. But, uh, the, even the interstitials fuck up once, and they actually refer to Ojo as a girl once. So oh, <laughs> even within the the text of the story, they can't quite get it right, but. I just, I noticed that one, so I just, I didn't notice any times they called Ojo a, a boy. Yeah, it was just like a pronoun slip accidentally, but. Yeah, it starts off with, um, well, it really starts off, fucking spooky head! fucking glaring disembodied <laughs> Ozma head just kind of mm. staring at the audience like she's gonna eat smiling, your face. Smiling. Fucking Pennywise smiles, the clown. Yeah. Smiles to the right. <laughs> smiles to the left. Just smiles all over the fucking place. I guess this was <laughs> the logo for the Oz Film Company, which is L. Frank Baum's company that he established to make like L. Frank Baum authorized adaptations of the Oz works and I love what? that this this image is so creepy that it's been used for like punk uh, album cover art and stuff like that. Was uh this this lady considered smoking hot back then because she looks tired as fuck? Don't all women in nineteen like before nineteen thirty six, all women look tired and deathly. Like at least I think that it was just I have humans. never seen a silent film where a woman didn't look like she had fucking entropy like going on inside mm. her her cellular makeup. Because the women, I don't know if it was like like the way they did makeup in silent films, but they always have kind of like like bat like dark rings around the eyes and just yeah. kind of jowls. And well, that and you know you didn't have hair products back then, so everybody's hair is just fucking out but of control. They didn't have cars, so you think they'd be more exercisey and less kind of pudgy and doughy not even talk, talking about the women but everybody like mm. oh but yeah ozma which this is really iconic because she's got the crown with like the oz and stuff in it and stuff but ugh, it's just how did you notice that i was so subtle Shut, i hate your face oh <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah yeah and then so. it's ojo and unk nicky unk nunky. Ojo- i think it's unk nunky yeah 
I, yeah, Nunky. Uh, I must have auto-corrected to Nikki. Yeah. Uh, Ojo a Munchkin Boy, played by Violet McMillan. Oh, do they actually call Ojo out as being a Munchkin Boy? Because I know, I think Dr. Pip is supposed to be a Munchkin Doctor. I, I, apparently, because that's what I wrote down, and I wrote down all the title cards. And Unk Nunky, Ojo's only friend and guardian, (laughs) played by Frank Moore. Yeah. Oh, you know, that kind of confused me, too, because the interstitials are giving you the actor credits. And mm-hmm. I'm not used yeah, to seeing I w- I that in a silent... I didn't know what the fuck was going on. It looked yeah. like... Because of the weird placement of the names and the way they spaced it out, it just looked like a bunch of garbage that just got vomited onto a title card. Yeah, well, because they'll have, like... Word salad. Yeah, because, like... And then Unk Nunky did this, Fred Williamson. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like Fred Williamson a character? Or are they talking to someone named Fred Williamson? No, Fred Williamson just has to play the patchwork girl, but... Anyway, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So, this is rough Ojo... even by silent film standards. Again, yeah. I, I mean, this is the oldest project we've ever tackled, especially like in terms of a movie thing. But it feels, it looks rough, and like just even the format wise, and even when the interstitial captions are all fucked up like this, it's like, uh, this is early days. Yeah, it's still like, still very much. Uh, hey, isn't somebody walking in a weird way just worth watching for five minutes uninterrupted? Yeah, the novelty How about of that? the fact isn't that you're seeing great? a moving picture on a screen is like, oh, this is theatrical, cinema quality worthy things happening. Not really, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Ojo wakes up in her his room. Yeah, with. Unk Nunky sitting at a window all sad. She does some old-timey acting, looks for food. Oh, yeah. Says, there are no more loaves of, on the bread tree that grows in our yard. Tell me, Unk Nunky, why are we so poor? <laughs> Sounds like someone's <laughs> Polish grandparent. Um, this is, wasn't this the thing? In The Return of Oz, doesn't uh, Dorothy find, like, a lunch pail tree? Yes. That's the thing that L. Frank Baum loves. Is meals growing on trees, which hey is a great idea. I love Big Rock yeah. County, uh, Candy Mountain too, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's just a funny. Well, I, I, love. I, since it's so fucking old, the book is free on uh, Google Play, like mm-hmm. stuff. And I started to read it just out of morbid curiosity, and it's written in the way that this movie's performed, where it's just a bunch of gobbledygook. Where's the butter, Unk Nunky? asked Ojo. Unk looked out the window and stroked his long beard. Then he turned to the munchkin boy and shook his head. Isn't, he said. Isn't any butter? That's too bad, Unk. Where's the jam, then? inquired Ojo, standing on a stool so he could look through the, all the shelves of a cupboard. This sounds but Unk boring Nunky shook his head again. Gone. No jam either, and no cake, no jelly, no apples, nothing but bread. All, said Unk, again, stroking his beard as he gazed out the window. Wow. Oofa doofa. <laughs> Masterful storytelling. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I feel bad. I don't want to shit talk L. Frank Baum too much, but he really... Well, I, I need really to read more of the story, of but... Books and just kind of drove it the into book, the ground. Um, I the should also note that uh, Patchwork Girl of Oz was also like... his first book uh, after he tried to quit the Oz series. Um, mm. I think the book before this, uh, was The Emerald City of Oz, and I think it was, uh, oh, Patchwork Girl of Oz came out a year before, the, the book came out a year before this film that we're talking about in 1913, the, the movie came out in 1914, and I think it was, like, 1910 that he came out with The Emerald City of Oz, and he was just, even, the, I, like, it had only been ten years since he invented the Oz series, and even in, within that ten years, 
uh, he had gotten so sick of the series that he decided he was going to say, fuck it, okay, you know what, I, as much as everyone loves Oz, I'm making a ton of money off this stuff, I gotta quit, this shit's boring as hell, it's formulaic as fuck, I'm just gonna give everyone a happy ending, I'm gonna have Dorothy uh, grab up Aunt Em and Uncle Henry, and they'll move to the Emerald City, and I'll just put a big glass invisible dome over the over the Oz that no one can get into, so we could just say, hey, Oz is safe and over there, and no one ever attacked or fucked with it again. And mm-hmm. that's how <laughs> that book ends, essentially saying, and thus, everyone lived happily ever after the end. Oz is gone. Yeah, don't worry about it. Of course, all the books he wrote after that were huge failures, and so it only took him three years to go, eh, you know what, <laughs> I think I'm gonna go back to the land of Oz. And doesn't the... I saw something online, I didn't... I should have actually looked up an excerpt, I should have looked up the text of this book properly, but I did see that, like, at least his excuse for, like, why suddenly there's Oz books again in-universe is that, like, Ozma or somebody else within Oz is now sneaking out these stories out to him because he's the official chronicler of the stories of Oz. And so they've Ugh. somehow gotten in touch with him, and so this is how he... Oh, that's... That's uh, ready ...writing shit. Oz books again, and the first one just happens to be the pattern of Oz. And I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why that's so chunky to me, but... No, no, they're bringing me the stories. So, yeah, so that's that's uh, this is how I guess Al Frank Baum came back into the world of the Wizard of Oz with with Patchwork Girl of Oz already having admitted <laughs> essentially that he was already tired of it, but coming back to it just because he had nothing better to do and could not make any money otherwise. Yeah, it's 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 sweaty. <laughs> it's a little sweaty, and it's a little sweaty. Yeah, and and then yeah. So, in the movie, as some old-timey acting to show just how hungry Ojo is. Oh, lots of rubbing, the, rubbing their tummy, being like, whoa! Yeah, I'm surprised she doesn't stick her tongue out and be like, mm, 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 I wish I had some gravy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm surprised like running she over, doesn't turn running to Unk Nunky and see Unk Nunky as, like, a little pot roast with a beard. Running over to a bowl that might have food in it, but tipping it over and being like, oh, <laughs> Uh, and then, so, so um, Ojo decides, let us go to Emerald City, where there is plenty for all. No one ever starves in the land of Oz, but to get food, we must go where it is. Alright, so no one ever starves so long as there's food around. I love yeah, I guess that's correct, <laughs> sure. Well, I get it. I mean, it's a, it's, this is supposed to be a children's story, it's not to hold up the scrutiny or anything like that. I do appreciate that they're just trying to say, hey, Oz is a land of plenty, no one starves there, it's all cool. Although, just like, you know, from from our perspective, though, it's like, man, Oz is some kind of fucking awesome, like, socialist republic where, like, no one goes hungry. <laughs> no, nobody starves so long as there's food around them. Yeah. Which, Although, yes, I don't one... starve if I go and sit in the middle of a buffet as well. Then again, also, half the towns in Oz are, like, made out of food and shit like that, so you have yeah. to be careful what you're eating. Technically, no one's gonna go starving, but... It also means some people are going to get fucking eaten because uh, Oz is a crazy-ass place. Um, so Unk gets up, walks to another chair, and sits down. Ojo walks in, around and talks blithely with silent films, and then puts her head down and cries on the table. Unk stands up, puts his hands behind his back, walks around, opens his hands wide, and kind of shakes them as he turns in a circle to be like... <laughs> It grabs his stupid hat, it puts it on Ojo, 
And then Ojo grabs a hat, puts it on Unk, and they leave their flat wooden house <sighs> and run was into a field. Was it just like field. a facade? I didn't even notice. Oh, yeah, it was absolutely a facade. Yeah. I was so enraptured by the magic of Oz. Oh, that's true. And then Dr. Pipped, the crooked magician, Raymond Russell. Margolette, his wife, Harris Draggett. Uh, Dr. Pip has been six years making a magic powder of life, which, man, I had to, this fucking first part of this, I wasn't paying close enough attention, because I, I watched the first part twice, because the first time I tried, it was so fucking confusing and didn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. There is, there has got to be a deleted scene here, too, at the beginning of the film, because there's a jump that happens where it's like, Yeah, we'll talk about it. Uh, which I actually, uh, to make sure... Do, do, so there's we watched this on YouTube. We didn't watch it together. Which version did you watch the 50 minute version? Uh the first half of it and then I swapped over to the other version. Oh really? Okay, because yeah, there's multiple versions of this on YouTube and they're all different lengths. Like there's a 50 minute version which is the one The 50 minute ver- version looked like it just had a little bit more at the beginning. Like yeah. the other version starts right when she's smiling and being like <laughs> and the, yeah, and there's the like other f- one has like a title card and shit about it. Yeah, there's a 48 minute version and there's a minute there's an hour and 21 minute version. Which, yeah. that's the version I started off watching, but the visual quality is terrible? Um, mm. I'm not quite, it's, which is weird, because I kept on referring back to that version of the film whenever there was a weird jump in the 50-minute version, because I, th- I was like, there's gotta be, the, 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 the hour and 20-minute version seems to run a little bit slower, it's, it's not quite as much, it's not quite so much doing the, like, the silent, silent film herky-jerky, everyone's moving too fast kind of thing, which probably yeah. helps explain why, a little bit why it's longer. But I'm like, there's got to be some extra footage or something in that version. But like I said, I gave up like t- 10 minutes into it just because the visuals are so terrible. And mm. we'll, I'll bring that up again in just a second when we talk about a weird story skip that's... It looks, from, 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 from what I saw, like, perusing all the different versions on YouTube, they all seem to be based off of the same print, at least. Because mm-hmm. there's the same damage on the same parts of the film in all these different versions of the, uh, the, the, the Patchwork Girl of Oz that are on YouTube. Just, you know, some versions are, like, the visual quality is better or worse because it was uploaded by someone, you know, by different people and stuff like that. But, yeah, I don't know. But, anyway. So, so Mr. Pip has been working six years making a powder of life, which consists of him stirring, sitting on a giant cauldron, looking like he's riding a bike, because I guess he's stirring it with all of his limbs. Yeah, that's what he, that's kind of suggested later, yeah. Yeah, he's been stirring it for six years, apparently, and his wife is pacing around. A quick scene outside of Ojo and Wonk walking down the road. Then that's done. Silent film. Yeah, she says, the wife says, I'm tired of doing my own work. Hurry hurry and finish that magic powder, and I'll make a servant girl and bring her to life with it. Bitch, I've been stirring this shit for six fucking years. You want to get off my back? Also, Please and been, thank you. It's suggested that he's been stirring for six years straight. In the six years that he spent making this this powder to bring this one servant person to life, that like outweighs any work that the servant person would eventually pick up the slack with. Like You know, it only it only takes him 15 minutes to do, but he's like Fuck, I would rather stir this cauldron for six years than put up with my wife and, <laughs> and so have her ask me to excuse. do shit. So 
No, oh, I can't man. do it, honey. I'm sorry. I'm stirring the cauldron. Yeah. I really do love the costume design for uh, Uncle Pipped, and I do love his little contraption of, like, the, uh, the like, uh, he's on the, whatever the hell, however the hell he's, like, stirring four different things at once with each limb and stuff. It's, his, his costume design, even though it's obvious he's just got, like, these weird padded thighs and these padded knees and stuff, it's, 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 it's very much, of everything else in this movie, that's the thing that looks the most that could have come out of the MGM Wizard of Oz, I always thought cool he's got like cool makeup and crazy hair and shit like that yeah so his wife searches for material to make a servant girl she goes upstairs and starts looking around and then jezeva the magician's daughter and her sweetheart danks the oh that's his daughter i did okay yeah i didn't realize that i mean i wrote it down here but it didn't click it didn't parse to me yeah i wasn't thinking about that that until family until Later, another type of cloud. Because <laughs> there's so daughter. many people to send on this house in the next five yeah. minutes. I was like, "What the fuck's going on?" That okay, that makes more sense. That yeah. knowing that, and we see them. Daughter. They're a couple in love. They run around and flirt and kiss and tee hee hee poo. Yeah, she's dating a dude named Danks. Yeah, yeah, D A N X, or it could be Dan's. Yeah, ah, Danks. Okay, who knows? Yeah. Danks! Oh, he got the Danks's weed. He smokes. He smokes that Danks's. Danks's he smokes weed. that weed up. Smokes oh, he makes it so cool. <laughs> I would love that he's the biggest pot dealer in Oz. He's just totally yeah, fucking. Yeah. Oh my god, his head's just a fucking. Oh, uh, you know, it's, it's... you know, Oz. You know, Oz got that good shit too. Oh man, they got, like I said, they got a whole town that's just made of people made out of weed smoking each other and shit like that. Mm-hmm. They got a whole right next to the town that's where all the people are bowls and joints. You know, it's yeah. Mm-hmm. So he gives her a ring. They see a bunch of people dancing in the distance with stupid hats, and then that scene's over. I'm assuming this must be the rest of the Munchkin community, because they all kind of so, seem yeah. to be dressed like like that. That seems to be the default Munchkin hat in in this version of the Oz universe. Is like kind of the weird witches. Like very pointy hat with a uh, wide round brim and yeah. yeah. But the the other Munchkins never have a. They don't contribute to the plot at all. They're just they, no, scenery. they don't. They could have not be in the movie at all. <laughs> they're there for. They're lending the movie production value. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So the wife is grabbing shit and tossing it in a box to make her servant. Yeah, Unc- Ojo and Unc get directions from some ratty looking dude, uh, and go up to a bridge. Really Mewel, cool looking handmade bridge, too. Yeah, Mewel, a waif and stray, Mr. Fred Woodward. Woodward. Uh, here's a nightmarish man in a donkey costume itching his asshole on a tree. Sure, why not? This goes on for a while. It spots Ojo and Unk crossing the bridge, runs over to them, kicks at them, spins in a circle, and then Ojo t- chases it off. What an amazing bit of writing. Oh, Oof. yeah. This donkey. <laughs> I don't know why the donkey's here, because the donkey contributes absolutely nothing to the plot. Mm-hmm. Like, There's a know, lot of that in this movie, Bill. I mean, again, even by silent film standards, th- this movie's random as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So Crude as shit. Ojo and Unk stop chasing the donkey, and they see all the people dancing, and... All three of them join in, I think? They're celebrating the fact they're going to get married, I think? Just to kind of like, yeah, it's just kind of like flailing around and just, you know, we got to pat out the 
45-minute runtime of this thing somehow, I guess. And then they're in front of the magician or doctor's place. Yeah. And everyone goes away except Ojo and Unk. Uh, Marge brings out the patchwork doll she's made. And she's like, look, you can fuck it. I, I must I must have skipped that, but oh yeah, there's a little scene right before that where Marge uses a magic wand to do stop motion to bring the patchwork pieces together and make the patchwork doll. It is kind of creepy seeing, yeah, Dr. Pip's wife hauling around all the unassembled limbs that she's made yeah. for the patchwork girl. And But yeah, what did you think of the stop motion that they used to bring uh, the pieces together make the actual bring the patchwork I mean, it's from 1914. It yeah. was... It was... <laughs> it was... It was... Uh, eight-year-olds nowadays do about like that. Yeah. It, it was my first project of stop motion. Yeah, no, I, I still thought it was cute though. There's a little bit of stop motion later on in the film, which I thought was way better and more creative. But I thought that yeah. was—I did not expect stop motion to suddenly show up in the middle of this movie. And I thought it was kind of—I yeah. mean, better. But the patchwork girl is she's not alive though. She's just assembled no. now. Yeah, that's confusing thing because also like. It is confusing, because I do think that Dr. Pipt gets referenced as being a magician a couple times, and this is obviously yeah. a very magical thing, especially just even the putting the patchwork girl together, but he's a doctor, and I know the idea, it's Oz, mm-hmm. it's, you're not supposed to worry about this stuff too much, but it's still kind of like, even within the film's own own sense of reality, they have a hard time <laughs> deciding whether or not this guy's actually just, just a quote-unquote doctor, or like an actual magician, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, they all go inside and waste a ton of time by walking around and moving shit around and just doing stuff. I get one of those things where, like, yeah, it's silent film. People are going to be amazed just by the fact that they sh- we have people, like, walking around this set for five minutes. And it's just like, you're killing me, movie. Oh, my God. End part one. Yeah. What a roller coaster. Well, yeah, and at least this this 50-minute version of the movie that I watched all the way through. Yeah, the movie seems to be comprised of five 10-minute reels, and this is the end of the first one. Yeah. So we come back to the donkey scaring away the party people by kicking at them. Intercut with Ojo looking at the patchwork doll's head. Oh no, she has no brains. Oh, I'm sorry. It's it's hard to tell sometimes. Oh no, she has no brains. The fewer brains, the better servant. So Ojo goes to a cupboard that says magic brains and starts pouring various bottles of brains into a cup because no fuck one else you. Seems I to think. Notice. Yeah. I think this patchwork doll should have brains so we can see how nightmarish it is when it comes into <laughs> being and curse the day it was created every single time it looks in the mirror. Plus, we should give the patchwork girl, like, three weird dreads so she's like a weird juggalo, but... Oh, God, what, this... What, what are you doing, Ojo? It's not your patchwork girl. You don't have any right to give it brains. <laughs> what the fuck are this, you doing? This motherfucker's been working on six years to bring this fucking thing to life, and you're gonna fuck it right up now, right at the last second. Also, then Ojo goes over and, like, and, like pushes something into her head? Like, it's yeah, not just the... Ju- I don't know if it's this, this, just that she's, like, injecting extra brain powder into her head or something like that, but there's... Yeah, she's doing something else, and it's all just very ill-defined, but it's, yes, yeah, there's hijinks ha- happening. Yeah, Ojo pours in some judgment, a sprinkle of obedience, integrity... Oh, ingenuity, not integrity. Cleverness, and then Ojo slyly gives the patchwork girls the brains. What an asshole. So then, Ojo the donkey's f- also there. Poking his head through the window for reasons. And then the powder of life is nearly ready. Steam pours out of the cauldrons. The young, a young, the young couple in love comes inside. 
The doctor pretends to pour some shit from one thing to another for a couple minutes. (laughs) And now some people are sad in front of statues. Patchwork girls alive and doing (laughs) flips. This is scene missing? (laughs) Well, especially because it's the same characters. I I just imagine the scene. I just imagine the Simpsons episode where Homer's trying to remember his night before and he's remembering shit and then scene missing and then it's just, it's just back. Like, is this one of those things where I had to go back and rewatch the other versions of the movie on YouTube just to make sure there wasn't something wrong with this one specific print. No! This is just how the movie works. What the? I, it's what? Because the guy is seriously, he's pouring the powder <laughs> and the next thing cuts to yeah, half the people in the shot are frozen. And then he's uh-huh. sad with his head in his hands. Oh, like, wait, what? Yep. And then not yeah. only that, but then they cut to the patchwork girl is now suddenly alive in another location, cavorting in front of a mirror. And you're like, what yeah. the fuck just happened? <laughs> they cut out. There's at least a minute worth of story missing. For, they spent five minutes on fucking Jojo and Unk Nunky just trying on hats before they left the house. <laughs> and here, the most yeah. important part of the story where the people get frozen that they spend the rest of the movie trying to fix and the patchwork girl being brought to life is just completely missing and we just jump into the like the 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 the, the, the hereafter bits it's yeah it is odd as shit yeah it took me reading the plot synopsis on imdb to be like oh, oh they accidentally yeah. turn three people into statues oh well, okay no one, no one online makes note of it too like i don't yeah. know if there actually is a scene missing or if this is just this movie was just that this that badly constructed i i refuse to believe because the rest of the movie has enough internal consistency enough to think that even by that those standards this is this is just a mistake there's something missing here so yeah, but it's still just definitely. really abrupt. It's 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 really odd. Tonight, a CBS special, The Wizard of Oz. The Incredible Hulk will not be presented this evening, but will return next Friday. And the Dukes of Hazard can be seen following this special presentation. This portion of The Wizard of Oz, sponsored by Kellogg's. Starting your mornings with Kellogg's will help you say it's going to be a great day. Fuck you, Baltimore! If you're dumb enough to buy a new car this weekend, you're a big enough schmuck to come to Big Bill Hell's Car! Bad deal! Cars that break down! Speed! If you think you're gonna find a bargain at Big Bill, you can kiss my ass! It's our belief that you're such a stupid motherfucker! You'll fall for this bullshit! Guaranteed! If you find a better deal, shove it up your ugly ass! You heard us right! Shove it up your ugly ass! Bring your tray! Bring your tire! Bring your wife! We'll fuck her! That's right, we'll fuck your wife! Because it's Big Bill Hell! You're fucked six ways from Sunday! Take a hike to Big Bill Hell! Home of Challenge pissing. That's right, challenge pissing. How does it work? If you can piss six feet in the air straight up and not get wet, you get no down payment. Don't wait, don't delay, don't fuck with us or we'll rip your nuts off. Only at Big Bill Hell, the only dealer that tells you to fuck off. Hurry up, asshole. This event ends the minute after you write us a check. And it better not bounce or you're a dead motherfucker. Go to hell. Big Bill Hell's card. Baltimore's filthiest and exclusive home of the meanest sons of bitches in the state of Maryland. Guaranteed. Return to the Wizard of Oz. This portion sponsored by Campbell Soup Company. Making quality foods for your family has been a Campbell tradition for over 100 years. Uh, the doctor looks in a cup. There's nothing in it. He acts sad and says to make more powder of life would mean stirring four kettles with both hands and both feet for six long, weary years. And I am too tired to <laughs> undertake the task. <laughs> he burps like that, too. <laughs> but if you think so, about it, this, this is kind of a Rick and Morty story. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So then the, the Patchwork Girl's doing flips and shit and causing nightmares to happen. What do you think of the design for Patchwork Girl? It's ugly. It's it fucking is. ugly as shit. Because they, they found the tallest man in the cast. The tallest, most broad-shouldered man in the cast to play the cat Patchwork Girl. And she's got, I mean, like, all... I can't tell if it's blackface, but something's going on with the face that's extra muggish. And, like I, I said, she's got three big fat dreads. It and it, what was that? Got patchwork, I think they just painted the patchwork pattern on the face, but it doesn't work in black and white. No, it just looks... Because then you can't read any boots. facial expressions. It's just unpleasant. That's yeah. just the most Orson Welles kind of... Yeah, it's just... Yeah. <laughs> it's just grandma would fold her hands on her stomach and say, well, I don't care for this at all. Exactly. Yeah, you can't pinpoint it, but something's wrong about this. It's not does mm-hmm. not sit well. There's a reason why the studio bombed and it's creative I mean, decisions it's, like this. It also it also doesn't help that they cast a dude in the role just so he can do pratfalls and fall on shit. And again, this goes back to the night like the fucking 1914 silent film shit where like everyone's getting their money worth off of something you could just see a fucking hobo do on the street for free of just like, I'm gonna do the loop-de-loops on the sidewalk for five minutes, and that's gonna be the action centerpiece of our film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So So the Patchwork Girl I mean, this movie's over 100 years old. I don't want to judge it too harshly, but even by 1914 standards, this seems pretty rickety. Yeah. So, well, I mean... Yeah, you can say they didn't know better at the time, but they you can read books of that era and people knew basic story structure. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, there's I mean the the, the medium of film itself was still very like gestational, was just very at a, at its beginnings. But yeah, there's people knew how to tell stories back then. Like they had plays. Yeah. You could go back and and watch Gilbert and Sullivan plays. They Although, have structure. This does this does go back to what I, what I was joking about is one of the big problems with the books too, because the books are so episodic and they've they're very formulaic, but like episodically formulaic, and there's no real story, strong sense of story to the books, and and this you couple that with questionable early silent silent film storytelling techniques, and it's just. They just really exacerbate each other, and it's just a really bad meeting of like weak source material with weak storytelling skills of early cinema. Just and it just turns into an extra, just like ugh. Not to say I hated this movie or anything like that, but it's this movie tends to be pretty random, even by silent film era standards. But yeah. yeah. So, Patchwork Girl comes flipping inside. The doctor shoves it some, and then hangs it on a hook. And it says that, that is a cool scraps. moment where they cut the scene where like she turns into a dummy real quick so the doctor can hang her up by the fireplace, which I, th- yeah. I thought was actually pretty good. And it says that bunch of scraps has caused all of our trouble, or your wife. It seems like it could have been your wife's fault. <laughs> or at least, yeah. But it's hard to say because we don't know what turned people in the statues. It could have been the patchwork girl. I don't know. I didn't read that chapter in the book. I'm trying to even so, think. Well, it could have been like part of his experiment went backwards. It's not know, like man. there's a villain in the story that could have just like <laughs> wandered past the window and been like, hey, motherfuckers, guess what? You're frozen. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I, yeah, I. Uh, so he grabs a book and opens it 
antidotes for ye liquids of petrification. So the, apparently they had a liquid of petrification thrown on them or something. I yeah. don't know. It's kind of confusing because like reading up the synopsis, it makes it sound like they're trying to make the liquid of petrification, which you think would mm. make petrify you. But I guess ah, yeah, it's confounded. But they're trying to get the antidote got to uh, unfreeze. They got to get three hairs from ye end of a woozy tails, six leaves green clover green, a gill of water from the, a dark well. Oh, that all seems pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. So the doc, the doctor says he will find the dark well, and and the the loving the love girl, his daughter, says, "I hate to leave my love here alone." Oh, yeah, Father, can't you reduce him in size so I can take poor Danks with me? <laughs> so apparently, this is the father, and he can make people shrink too. Okay, I sure, why guess not? So, and he's like, "Where are you gonna put him?" And she's like, ah, oh, she's you know. She wink, She just wink. winks at him. Wink, wink, Know what Harry. I mean? Know what I mean? Say no more. Wink, wink. <laughs> Which I only so. happens just so further plot complications can happen yeah. later. Like, there's no yep. reason for her to want to carry him. It's just, yeah. Yeah. And then, so Ojo and Jezeva go to find a woozy and a six-leafed clover. Part Which, three! Yeah. Fortunately for them, the woozy is already penned up in a in a little pen, twenty feet mm-hmm. away from the front front door of the doctor's house. Yeah. Well, Ojo and Jezeva are hanging out with the party people, and also with the patchwork girl. And there's a big pen. It has a sign that says "Beware of woozy." I wise words, I guess. <laughs> and then the patchwork girl is there, flailing around and just generally being a nightmare. Everybody else is sitting on the ground having lunch, I guess? I guess, yeah, with the munchkins, yeah. Uh, and the stuff things. But then Ojo comes over with everybody else. Big motion, arm motions are made, and they climb. Patchwork Girl climbs a fence. Patchwork Girl does some pratfalls, flops around like a fish out of water. And out of a cave comes the woozy. Straight out of Minecraft, where... It lives now. This is uh, I, this is the other thing why, why I wanted to watch this movie because uh, I had been aware that there have been silent film Oz movies for a long time. And in fact, like twenty years ago, my friends and I we got like a VHS tape of all the silent Oz films, and we tried to watch them. And I think we only got I th- we realized how boring the shit was going to be, and we only scanned through the first movie, which must have been this one because all I remembered. Was the horror <laughs> show that is the Patchwork Girl? You asshole! And well, no, like, twenty I, years we, ago, you were like, "This shit is boring as fuck." <laughs> I sure hope I have a podcast where I can force this boring as shit well, all garbage on somebody like, else. When you're like tired and bored and drunk, and you're looking for something to fun to watch with friends in a social situation, versus now, and <laughs> yeah. you know, also that was like twenty. That was like twenty years ago. It's like stupid twenty-year-old, like you know. No, yeah, when you're like, more... I could be watching, I could be watching something with boobs in it. But I do remember the cardboard cat, which I thought was cool as fuck then, and I think is cool as fuck now. This is the best thing Hellfrank Bombs ever created. Is cardboard cat is the best. Yeah. Woozy, I love you, Woozy, so much. Especially when you find out what Woozy's powers are. Mm-hmm. Well, Woozy also has a mouth that can go open and close. Yeah, we. I just watched this this morning, and even on Twitter, I was like, I cannot figure out how the hell he puppeteered the head and the mouth of Woozy, because obviously it's only a suit big enough to contain one person. They're obviously mm-hmm. have to use be using all four limbs to like, because that person is running around on all four limbs. But then also yeah. the head and is is moving, and even the eyes blink a little bit, and the mouth moves and shit too. 
So I'm wondering, I don't know if there's a couple shots where maybe one of the legs are, is super rigid so they could take their arm out of the leg and put it through the hole to puppeteer the head or something like that. Mm. Like Kind of like Big Bird is. Only I, You know, my guess would be judging from my old-timey standards, yeah. they probably shoved a small child in there <laughs> and, and threatened ch- their life. A tiny Estonian dwarf has is, is been packed into the head. No, it was olden times. They were fine stuffing children and the shit like that. Yeah, that's a good point. That kid loved being out of the coal mine for a day. So yeah. the kid's like, yee But yeah, mm-hmm. Woozy. I love Woozy. It's great. Was, Woozy pretty And good. this is exactly what Woozy is supposed to be in the book, because even in the book says, it essentially says, Woozy is a Minecraft cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the patchwork girl and Woozy shake hands. Uh, seems that Woozy isn't anything to be scared of aside from the nightmares you get watching it dance with Patchwork Girl. <laughs> and like, yeah, I mean, as much as I love Woozy, this is the beating heart of horror in this film. Just, just these two in a fucking <laughs> Auschwitz jail cell just dancing yeah. the jig. It's just... <sighs> so the Patchwork Girls tells the Woozy they want three hairs from its tail. Yeah. It says alright. And... They try to take it, but they can't do it. The only way to get the hairs is to take Woozy with us. I guess they didn't get the hairs. Okay. So Patchwork starts to climb the fence, but Woozy's like, I, 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 I. I can't climb, I that cannot fence. climb the fence. However, it lets Patchwork Girl know, I can't climb out, but if you can make me angry, my eyes will flash fire and burn a hole through the fence. Well, all right. <laughs> problem presented, problem solved. I just want to see the great. Before before Europeans came to Oz, I just imagined the Great Plains woozy herds just <laughs> covering the vast horizon, occasionally mm-hmm. getting pissed off each other and just blasting each other with hellfire. Just yeah, yeah. And again, going back to the puppetry of the woozy. So yeah, the, the fucking patchwork girl starts beating up on Woozy. I can't. What does yeah. she actually do to actually make the fire shoot out of its eyes? She like hits it and pulls on its ear and. Oh, I think she fucks with its it. tail. Is the thing that actually sets yeah. it off. Yeah, and shit starts squirting out of its fucking eyes. I don't think it's fire. I think it's yeah. just smoke. But still, I'm like, man, this is there's like the some, fucking. There's some liquid that squirts out of it. I don't yeah. know what it is, but this is like they they had there's some Stan Winston shit going on with this woozy creature, mm. which <laughs> I, I, that's the thing. Like a woozy is simultaneously the stupidest fucking looking thing ever made by the man hands of mankind, but also the <laughs> coolest fucking creature I've ever seen on a movie. Uh, the mm. puppetry is like surprisingly fantastic, like maybe not fantastic, but like sophisticated for the time and. Yeah, I, yeah. I just love the technological sophistication coupled with the idiotic design of this creature. It's just something special to me. I don't know why. Yep. Yeah. So it shoots fire out, and the fence burns down, and the woozy's free at last. Yay! Who was keeping it there? No. Why were there beware of woozy signs? You'll never find out. I would Yay. love if there's a backstory about like the fucking three, three families of munchkins that the woozy had pissed off and murdered. Before the uh, Munchkins finally figured out a way to like seal it up into this pen, but yeah, <laughs> again, yeah. not supposed to make sense. Well, you think you think whatever would have uh, put the the woozy in the pen would have pissed off the woozy enough that it would have learned long ago that it could just burn through the uh, but whatever. I don't know. Whatever. So they all go next to a tree. The woozy wraps its legs around. They try to pull the hair out, which took me a moment to realize what was happening. Because he just, yeah. like, climbs up a tree, and I thought he was humping it for a second. I was like, oh, no, 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 he's just bracing himself so they could try mm-hmm. to get the, yeah. Yeah. 
And the arrival of Ginger, a maid from Emerald City. So, uh, some person in a band costume is in a canoe, they paddle into a pond, then that scene's done. And then Ojo and the group is running down the road. A wall of optical illusions. People start to cry? Then Ginger comes up, and falls in love with the statue of Danks? No one can say that this story is not a journey that we are taking together, you and me. I... I... <laughs> this is, this yes? is when the randomness shit really starts to pile up in this movie, where it's yeah. just like, shit just... Uh, yeah, con- plot contrivance on top of plot contrivance. It's a leaning tower of plot cont- contrivances starting mm-hmm. to be built here. Um, Ginger. <laughs> this is something I've noticed uh, flipping through uh, Oz books in the past. Fucking L. Frank Baum loves taking a normal name and spelling it stupidly and having that be a character's name. <laughs> and his, yeah. his story's like, hey, his name's Larry Hat. Except his name isn't spelled H-A-T, it's... I don't know how else you could spell hat. I chose the worst <laughs> possible. I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what I mean. Like, spelling words yeah. like a little child who doesn't know how to spell would spell them. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a, that's what we have with Ginger, who is not G I N G E R, but J I N G U R. Yeah, Ginger. Um, she yeah. is. Yeah, she's just a soldier for the Oz people, I guess. Is she? I thought she was just a maid. Oh a maid no, Ginger! I think City. she's supposed to be a soldier. Because even later on, the further interstitials, they talk about the soldier has done the blood, and then they'll cut back and it's Ginger. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, which, did you know why Oz has tons <laughs> of soldiers, lady soldiers and stuff? I feel like I used to. We'll get that out later, because there's going to be lots of lady soldier talk later. Yeah. yeah. But Ginger's, I think she's so, part of the soldier guard. Okay. Uh, Ginger tells him, you see the wall, but it's not there. Follow me and I will prove it. Then Ginger walks through the wall, as does everybody else. It's actually a pretty How good amazing. special effect. It's just a d- nope. double exposure, but... What a needed moment in this film. <laughs> What's the wall to? Is the wall... Is that protecting the Emerald City? They never see it. It's just randomly, like, there's an it's invisible just wall, a wall we have to walk. Yeah. We're not invisible, but it's a, like a holographic wall. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just an utterance. It's just a thing. Yep. It's just, okay, we just need an event happen. Needs that. It's episodic, okay, randomness. Yeah. Yep. And the group keeps walking with Woozy. Ojo sees something on the ground and freaks out. Bends over to pick it up, but then Ginger stops them. It says, take care. It is against the law of Oz to pluck a six-leaved coat clover. Man, how fucked up is Oz? Like, you wouldn't believe the punishments we got for fucking picking a clover off the ground. Yeah, this is like that one planet in Star Trek The Next Generation where... Uh, they have the death That's what penalty I thought for of falling too, into like but... a, a, like a bed of hydrangeas okay. or something like that. Burf. Wow, well, I thought the... there was going to be an explanation mm. that, like, I thought you were going to find out later that the six, uh, six clover leaf could do so. Like, there would be some justification as like it has some inherent magic powers, and that's why they don't let anyone pick them or anything like that. But no, it's no, just it's... no. They're just being dicks. Yep. The soldier with green whiskers guards the gates to Emerald City. Some scrawny-ass, tall motherfucker with a long beard patrolling the gate. It is a good combination of casting and costuming, because he really does look like an illustration from one of the books, because super tall, lanky, plank of wood dude. Yeah. Yeah. Ojo breaks the law. She comes back and picks the clover. (laughs) She she shoots it off with a gun. Ginger sneaks around behind and watches them do... 
and then totally rats on them to the guard. That girl yonder has stolen a six-leaf clover. What an asshole. Ginger, fuck you. Fuck you, Ginger. You're the worst. People aren't named Ginger anymore. Well, that's true. I feel like that's that's fallen into the uh, the pantheon of old lady names like Bertha and Gertrude. Edith. Edith. Although Ginger, at least that's suggests. Well, I guess that's probably been ruined by South Park now too, because the whole joke about G- Ginger's not having any souls and stuff like that. But mm, yeah, I'm maybe, trying to think I of the last. Well, there was Ginger on the Gilligan's Island, but I'm trying to think of any. Bill, that was 200 years ago. I was about to say that's literally like 50 <laughs> years ago. Ugh. So the group comes up. The guard approaches him. Ginger says the statue of Danks belongs to to them. What an asshole! So the guard takes their word for it and just gives it the gases. Fucking everybody fucking sucks. Ginger. Jesus fucking Christ. Ginger. So the guard also finds a clover. And Oz is a terrible place and I would never want to live there. This is seriously, if this is your first exposure to Oz, this seems like a nightmare hellscape. Yeah. Like, well, specifically the Emerald City. Emerald City is a bad place. Like yeah. this is this is this is the the, the where, this is where villainy what? lives. Fuck that. This on the other side of town, they've got a giant sand field that if you touch it, you die and turn to dust. <laughs> well, that's well, yeah, that's just just how terrible the Emerald City is. It's like yeah, it's either if, this, or you if, get turned into fucking sand. If you if you try to eat an apple from a tree, they accost you and start throwing apples at you. That's one of the things I do like about Oz. Is it's a dangerous place. Like it's, it's a fucking nightmare scape, man. Houses can fall on you. This is true. You witches can, get... can fuck you up. Throw you... fireballs at you. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, the witch is just running amok, just setting people. Uh, it's on no, fire. it's no, it's no. Oh, it's God. not surprising that munchkins are hanging themselves from trees <laughs> left and right. Fuck off. That one munchkin had the right idea. <laughs> he got the easy way out of this place. Oh, can you imagine the hellscape when? Uh, L. Frank Baum finally put his magic dome over the city so no one could ever get out or get in again, too. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> I want. So, can I commission you to do a story about the uh, munchkin who took the easy way out with the hangman's rope? <laughs> sure, why not? He's... I don't know why I get commissioned to do it, but yeah. <laughs> I like I'll the do idea. That. He would be played by, like,. Like a comedian who, like, he's the only guy with any common sense type guy. Like, he's just so mm. freaked out. Like, he's the fucking who? Who's the who's the guy from the eighties? Who? Uh, well, well my, why not Eddie Pepitone? He's angry and loud. <laughs> Bill yeah. Hicks. That's what I'm thinking of. Bill Hicks. Uh, he's just like I gotta, I, I, I gotta get the fuck out of here. I like how I chose somebody alive and you chose someone dead oh, as fuck. Oh, who's who's the guy who yelled at uh uh at at uh. The dude in Back to School, the guy with the hat who always yelled all the time. You mean the other dead guy? The other dead guy. <laughs> Who's the guy with the hat? Sam Kennison. Sam Kennison. He's dead, Bill. And I like that you describe him. This is the second time you've described him as the guy with the hat. That's the <laughs> worst description of anybody ever. You know, the guy with the face. Sad he wears the clothes. To Variety, Bill Mudgeon is going to write a biography. And starring about the dead dude with the hats. You know him. <laughs> His yeah. favorite comedian. Oh my god. So then the Royal Barracks. 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 <laughs> bollocks? The Royal Bollocks. P- 
people are milling about, then that scene's over. But people, the you the say gates. people, but it's it's nothing but beautiful ladies. Yeah. Um, the yeah, gar- this is a point where I'm going to well, point out well, that, what? We're going to talk about them more. Oh, we are? Yeah, because that scene's literally two seconds of them just walking around the barracks. Okay, we'll come back to that. And then it ends, yeah. And then the guard at the gates. Some fat guy knocked over, gets knocked over by a fleeing ginger and a patchwork girl. And then that scene's over. Oh, because well, because it's it's gingers fleeing from the city and patchwork girls chasing after her, right? Yeah, yeah. with the the statue of yeah. They were still going on in the statue shit. Where like ginger wants to fuck the statue and patchwork girl. Yeah. Even though patchwork girl's literally an hour and a half old, she's got more sense than fucking ginger does. Mm-hmm. So Ginger and Patchwork Girl keep running and knocking people over, and then uh, then we'll just and then the soldier beset by the Munchkins rings the great alarm bell, and then there's some flowy some lady in a flowy gown swings a bell very ooh <laughs> it is ooh. very which is actually kind of revealing for a 1914 silent film like because like she's backlit from behind so you get to see her kind of nude figure beneath that diaphragm. You get to gown. see her And she rings form. the paper mache shitty ass fucking bell. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think there's an interstitial suggesting that uh, Ginger, she had called the cops on everyone else. And that's why, mm. like, everyone else is now after, like, in the patchwork girl. Well, everyone else well the, the, the soldiers beset by Munchkin rings the great alarm bell. Oh, okay. So then, uh... And then the Royal Barracks head out. Lots of dames with spears. So now you can talk about why they're all dames and shit. They're all dames because... They're all dames. Uh, the soldiers and Oz all being cute young ladies here is a side effect of goofy shit. Uh, L. Frank Baum started working into the stories to increase the appeal of the touring Oz stage shows. Namely, mm. turning as many extras as possible into comely young women, including even all the munchkins in this movie, uh, aside from Dr. Pip. Yeah, that was a big thing where... Uh, when uh, L. Frank Baum wasn't uh, writing Oz books or making doomed, failed movies about the Oz books, um, he was still trying to make money through stage shows. And part of the big thing of the stage shows was, hey, we'll sell more tickets if uh, there's sexy ladies in this as much as possible. <laughs> He's like, sure, we're going to give them something for the kids. <laughs> Which is kind of what was going for- on. And we need a little something for daddy. <laughs> that when yeah transitioning this shit to the movies he's like well he was yeah oz has got nothing but a female police force and like little tight tights so we're just gonna keep that's just the way it's gonna be and so which hey you oh, know fuck. hey I, I i actually really do like the costume design i think it's pretty cool but like yeah it's it's not like uh l frank l frank bombing super forward thinking or anything like that you're just like ladies beautiful ladies yeah he's fucking oh what's that character's name from uh that Andy Daly does on Comedy Bang Bang oh, and no. Super Ego. Like a real life oh, pedophile or something? No, he 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 runs the uh the uh the children's theater Pasadena Children's Theater. Oh no, is this uh, a thing? No, it's it's a fake character. I know, but, but like I like the idea of yeah. like a pedophile children's theater director. At no, he's not a pedophile. He's just he's he gives the kids what they want with the the, the show, but then there's a little something for daddy. That's great. Oh, well, I can't remember that his that name. He's one of my because, favorite characters. Because sometimes then, like, uh, Bomb would write books based off the stage shows. And so after a while in the Oz books, you had, like, armies of cute young ladies fighting fighting other armies of cute young ladies. It was got very anime there. 
And so yeah. <laughs> this this is this is kind of a side effect of that. So yeah, and well, even later, like there's huge crowd scenes later on towards the end of the movie, like in in Ozma's throne room, where it's kind of suggested like 99 percent of the population of Oz is nothing but like 20 year old women. It's it's a uh, Don DeMello theatrical producer. <laughs> is that it? If you yeah, if you've never listened to any Don DeMello, I highly encourage anybody to listen to the Super Ego sketches with Don DeMello or the comedy Bang Bang. Oh, I'm sure if Don I talked to Joshin about that, he'd tell me all about that because he loves that shit. Oh, it's it's mwah. it's wonderful. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, this is Alfred Baum just giving uh, the audience a little bit of eye candy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I th- there's some, a point later where they're walking, and all of a sudden I was like. I hope they're wearing tights because if not, they have the shortest skirts I've ever seen uh, in any movie. That, yeah, you would think Poof so because even in Southern California in 1914, it's still going to be, and under the right certain shooting circumstances, it's going to be chilly enough. You want some tights, and also, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? But uh, end of part three. <laughs> part four. The Munchkins are still fighting with the guard. Then the royal guard comes out, surround everybody, and they all go inside. Not using the giant gate, of course. That would make too much sense. They go in a little side door to the left of the gate. Yeah. And then the garb of royal prisoners. Now they're ghosts. <laughs> I thought it was kind of ghastly. Shiny, sheet, <laughs> shiny sheets thrown over them. Yeah, literally and figuratively, which... Hey, if you're gonna show anyone that you're a fucking dead man, that's a great way to, like, here, here here's, here's your prisoner get up. You're dead, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. So then the patchwork girl gets the statue of Danks. Some other lady takes it, falls in love with it. This is in the courtyard of the Emerald City, I think. Falls in love with it. Then another lady grabs it, falls in love with it too. Patchwork girl does a shit ton of flips down the road after getting it back. Like, again, this is another thing where they just, like, you know, like, they they hired this whoever was, like, a professional mime to play the the patchwork girl and they're just like you know what it's been 15 minutes since we'd let you do your thing for no we we, it's been a it's been 15 minutes since we we stopped the movie entirely just to showcase your bullshit again here let's do it again and so yeah you know what uh there was a slight slight fart in our recording session but it says a lot that we have been recording on my version for now longer than the movie is that i watched that's a good point i didn't think about that yeah (laughs) Yeah, don't worry. So, it's it's yeah, yeah. We're only offset we're by getting, like about a minute or two. Yeah, I've got fifty eight minutes right now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there's just so much garbage in this movie to talk about. Well, there's because... ten minutes of plot in fifty minutes of movie. Yeah, yeah. This could have been a va- this could have been a Looney Tune short. Yeah. So the patchwork girl does not recognize her friends in their prison garb. They all walk by her, despite the fact then... that one of the prisoners is a fucking cubic cat. <laughs> yeah and it still looks like a cubic cat even under its ghost cloak yeah well i don't think the patchwork girl's very bright yeah she I means mean, she well. did have didn't yeah. get a lot of brains put in her head she's got judgment she's got cleverness but in terms of like perception abilities maybe yeah. jojo could have been a little better better mixed in there but yeah yeah so she runs out the main gates uh with ginger following behind her and then Dr. Pip, seeking a dark well, comes to the House of Magic. And why does... Whose decision was it that the doctor should always walk like he's moments away from nervously shitting his pants? I would assume that this must have been some kind of shtick that actor did. That they just yeah. decided to work into the... Which the character... It does add character to the character. Because it would be more boring if he's just walking around dressed like an asshole. 
<laughs> but not like doing i mean this is i mean he's dressed yeah. like a maniac might as well let him walk like a maniac too but he is a very much like tottering around like like it's almost like mm-hmm. he's he's like super torgo like his knees are super yeah, fucked up much. or something yeah yeah it's always a knee knocker so he goes in a house nothing is in there he leaves stop motion is then used to set up a bedroom in that house he comes back inside, is amazed at everything, and decides to take a nap on the bed. It is actually I really do like the stop motion for the the, the meal essentially setting itself. is actually really mm-hmm. nice because it's you see like the 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 fruit and vegetables are cutting themselves, and it's yeah. it compared especially compared to kind of like the dopiness of the patchwork girl assembling herself earlier. This is actually kind of nice. This is, there's some subtle little bits sh- of animation stuff in here. I'm sure there was somebody in the audience at one of the screenings of this movie who stood up and said, Black Magic! No! And ran well, out of the theater. husband just shot himself in the face. <laughs> I've seen the How face of the How do they do it? I don't understand technology. Oh, my God. Yeah. So he takes a nap, and the table is set with food and shit, so he can wake up from his 10-second nap to eat some food, and old-timey overact his ass off. There's no reason. This has no bearing on the plot. It's just shit to happen. It's just... Oh, you want to talk about random shit that happens for no reason? We're introduced to the Lonesome Zoop. What the fuck is this thing? It's like a, a lion monkey devil spawn. It's like they jumped in the future, stole one of the flying monkey costumes from the, the, the 1939 Wizard of Oz, brought it back and said, what do we do with this? Let's have it try to rape the donkey for five minutes, and then both characters yeah. will completely disappear from the film. It, it goes up to a guy throwing rocks in a river. It shakes his ass next to him. <laughs> it does, yeah. He sees its, he sees its tail kind of... There's <laughs> his fingers in it. Fucking then notices that it's nightmare fuel and takes <laughs> off running. <laughs> and then the doctor finishes eating in the magic house and leaves. This really is like a little kid making up a story. And then there's a monkey and his name is Zoop and he's sad and lonely. He's got a butt and his tail. <laughs> and there's a man and he tries to... With his butt and his tail, and then um, the doctor, he finds some fruit, and the fruit makes it cuts itself mm-hmm. while he's sleeping, and then the donkey finds the zoop. Yep, the donkey comes back, the zoop comes out of some bushes, starts chasing it. What a fever dream. And that is, I, if I do remember correctly, that is the last we see of either the donkey or the zoop. Yep, they eat each other. <laughs> I just like to think they just fuck each other to death in the woods. And yeah, sure, why not? Christ so, almighty. Ugh. So that scene's all done. I hope you enjoyed it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Alfred. Alfred Brom wrote directed this. Oh, man, Jesus he was not Christ. a director. Oh. And now, this message. Sponsored by. So the director, the doctor sees a sign that says, "This way to Hopper Town, only hoppers allowed." Yeah. So Bill's note here he is: looks down at his legs and starts hopping down the road on one foot. Yeah. Oh, great! Another patented L. Frank Bombtown built a one. 
built around one entirely fucking random gimmick, like everyone is made out of dishware or vegetables, or only people with an extra fat neck are allowed in- inside. <laughs> yep. Hop- and by virtue of the fact that it's called Hopper Town, guess what's gonna happen? There's gonna have to be some yep. hopping. Well, before that, we gotta have three seconds of Patchwork Girl still being chased by Ginger. Yeah, just to remind you, that, that story thread's still going on. Up and in Hopper Town! It's people who all put their pants legs on through one pant leg. And, yeah, and they buy one fat fat person's pant leg. I thought everyone was going to be hopping around like Dr. Pipped is. No, they're, 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 they're trying to pretend that they only have one big fat leg, even though it's obvious. Yeah. They're essentially doing potato sack race all the time. Yep. But Doctor comes hopping into town. The whole town surrounds him and say, you have one leg too many. The law of hoppers obliges me to cut off the extra end. I know I already said it, but man, fuck Oz. This place is a nightmare. That's insane. No, no like, thank you. The laws change. This is like every every city and 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 infrastructure has its own like fucking lethal rules as to what the fuck's happening. Like a normal person can't make can't walk across Oz without. Like losing a limb here, getting shot there, getting turned into this over. Th- it's yeah, it's it's a nightmare town of just shifting rules and allegiances and ideas and. Mm-hmm. So they take out a huge fucking scimitar, <laughs> yeah. sit him down on a bench, ready to chop his leg off. Doctor Pip doesn't then, put up as much of a fight as you think you would do. Yeah, you think. Uh, the patchwork girl in her flight overtakes Doctor Pip. So she rolls into town and says, spare my master. Take my leg instead. So they do. They chop <laughs> off her leg and send them on their way. Oh, you think for two people, they would have cut off both of her legs just so it all evened out. But, you know. Yeah. So uh, the doctor sits her down on a log after they leave town, waves a wand, and now her leg's fine. I'm glad we had that, that story thread. It is a nice little effect because... She's hopping around on one leg. He puts the fake leg back on her, and suddenly her real leg turns in. Her fake leg turns into a real leg, which nice little sleight of hand there. But that's pretty much yeah. the last nice subtle special effect in the whole movie. So, uh, time for us to take a deep breath. Oh yeah, and uh, steal ourselves for the jolly Tottenhawk. This is us. You know what? You know who we are right now. Mm. We're uh, Chevy Chase and Demi Moore and nothing. No, we're not. No, 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 no. (laughs) Hey, I hear police sirens. What's happening? I think John Candy's pulling us over. He wants us to take us to racism town. (laughs) And he's pulled a gun on us, and we have no. We're forced to go there. We don't. We know what's gonna happen. It's a silent film in the 1910s. Shit. And but no, we have to go in front of the court of of racism. That is the Totten... What are they called? The Tottenhots? Tottenhots. Oh, no. uh, So the Doctor and Patchwork see them in a distance. Thank God this only happens... Uh, This only lasts like a minute and a half, but... Go up to meet them, and oh, no. Oh, no, it's this black face. It sure looks like it. It is just... Flat out fucking racist shit. (laughs) This scene isn't even needed. No! That's they throw the patchwork girl around a little bit, and then the doctor and patchwork girl run away. I suppose Dr. Pip doesn't turn to the camera and say, Black people, am I right? And then just cuts <laughs> oh. to the next scene. It's And it's not just, you know, it's not just like, oh, we're wearing respectable garb and we have blackface. No. Oh, it is the grass most... skirts and shit. No no bueno. No me gusta. 
why you do this movie? You know what? I looked this up. There's actually no whole Ozipedia. And uh, they do mention that this is actually the most scorchingly racist thing that Al Frank Bomb ever created. So at least now that you've <laughs> well, seen this. Well, it's pretty this, scorching. <laughs> this, <laughs> things can't get worse in Oz. This is, oh my God. <laughs> I thought it was, because it's funny, because last week when I was talking about we we're going to do the Patchwork Girl of Oz, I was talking about how there was going to be some slightly unsettling racist overtones in this movie, and I was more just thinking about how that, kind of how that just applies to the Patchwork Girl herself, just because yeah. there's there's some kind of minstrel show element to her character, but I did not expect... Actual blackface? Yeah, and with, like, spears yeah. and... I think Oof. any movie created before 19... When did the jazz singer come out? 1927. 13 years any after movie, Any movie before that, you can... You can you can assume there's going to be blackface in it, and if there isn't, you can be thankful. Yeah. Especially, it's especially disappointing coming from L. Frank Mobbin and an actual Oz thing, too, and it's just... I guess this is something that happens in the book, though. This is... This is meant... I mean, this is this is canon within the book. Uh, oh, my God. The job of the hut in me just came out. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the Patchwork Girl of Oz book. This is they run into the Totten Hots, which I guess is also in Europe. This is much more of a racist slur, but I guess the Hotten Tots is like a known like it's a Dutch bastardization of the name of an actual African tribe. Which I should probably not be saying that if I already know it's a racial slur in Europe. And just oh fuck yeah, this is let's just close a book on this whole sordid, (laughs) unnecessary, completely unnecessary moment in this film. We can because the movie closes the book <laughs> I on know, it too. They just they well, they do they even get chased? Is it the, 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 no? The, no, they just no. kind of show up and just see these people dancing, and then they just walk past it. It's like it's like seeing an exhibit. Well, in like Disney I said, World where, while you're on on an automatic tram, the Tottenhots come out, throw Patchwork Girl around, and then the Doctor and Patchwork Girl run away. Ugh. And then Ginger recovers the statue of Danks. And why why do so many of the title cards give away what's going to happen in the next scene? That's just bad storytelling. I mean, yeah. granted, I wouldn't be able to tell what the fuck was going on at all without them, but you're supposed to do that like during the scene or after? I don't know, not before. Yeah, especially there's some moments earlier in the film, even aside from the big whole missing scene thing that we talked about. There's a couple scenes earlier in the film that could have benefited from more aggressive title carding, but yeah. Yeah, I I guess I I guess the whole subplot with Ginger and Danks is just so random that they felt obligated to have to explain what's what's going on because that character makes so little sense. Yeah. Ginger is so yeah. I guess they so were overzealous. She sees she sees a patchwork girl and the doctor come in and steal the statue back. Uh, end of part four. We're a home stretch. This is the last reel. Yep. So now there's all these horrible monster people with a chunk of hair sticking straight up. Oh, you mean with, the Horners? Yep, with big fake bellies. This and is. They just, this feels like this is another moment where it feels like there's a missing scene because they they show up from out and it just cuts into the middle of the scene. Yeah, where there's just, like and these, they're just holding their guts and laughing. Yeah, it's. I'm assuming these are men because they're not very. They're they're pretty homely fucking people. Yeah, they got oh, yeah. pregnant bellies and horn hair, and it's just. I don't know. Yeah. More random shit. Yeah, we don't get anything explained to us, so uh, Dr. Pippa asks them if they know where Darkwell is, and they, they say, we have a fine Darkwell in our lower cabins. So they all go up to a fence, 
Say walk up the fence, it's easy. They all lay down, the camera gets turned on its side, they walk up and over the fence. Yeah. It's a cute and, special effects moment, but yeah. And then the throne room of Ozma of Oz. Yay! Right there, Which is not a throne a- room, it's a parking lot with a couple, like, fake walls around? It's... There's a couple really cool-looking lion puppets in the scene. That is cool, yeah. The, and, yeah. They actually look like the illustrations. Yeah. Which, uh, it's pointed out the Cowardly Lion is supposed to be somewhere in these scenes, too. I don't know if one of those is supposed to be the Cowardly Lion? I don't know. Because there's two... Maybe it's a lioness and a lion. I don't know. I don't know, either. Uh, and there's also people splashing and playing in a pool. Hmm. Didn't even notice that. Uh, and then the guards come into the throne room, followed by Ozma, who is creepily, who is the creepy smiling head from yeah. the start of the movie. Dressed and all then the doc- and queen-like, and yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, uh, the doctor and patchwork girl show up at the gates, and title card, the Wizard of Oz! So, I guess he comes in, too. And yeah, it's prisoners... a dude with a terrible, like, papier-mâché bald cap and hair sticking out of the side of his head. Yeah. Yeah, it looks really rough. Mm-hmm. Couldn't just find a bald guy, huh? Yeah! It's not like you needed a good actor to play the part. Just find, like, an old man! Like... Yep. Well. So the prisoners are brought in before Ozma, and then the sheets are taken off. And your highness, these prisoners stole a six-leaf clover. The old guard shows it off for way too long, and then... Uh, leaves to come back with the woozy. Uh, some of the royal jury. So it looks like the royal jury is Scarecrow, Tin Man, and a couple other people, including the Blackface Terror. Yeah, it took me a moment to realize, too, that it was the Tin Man and Scarecrow, too, because yeah. I think I was also kind of nodding off towards this part of the film, and I was like, oh, wait, wait, wait it's actually characters I know now. Thank God. Well, Tin Man's Scarecrow... got a weird, like, metal beard thing on, too? Yeah. Like... Scarecrow... Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, he doesn't look very right. And uh, the Scarecrow decides he's had enough of this scene and also wanders off, flopping and staggering his, around. His ass flattens, pancakes out on that on the fucking jury fucking seat, just long enough to like look around and go, fuck this noise. I gotta go <laughs> yeah. get me a soda. <laughs> so he yep. just gets up, walks away, and then it's just like 30 seconds of him just like wandering through the empty streets of uh, Emerald City for no reason. Mm-hmm. Look, I mean, yeah, he does a good job looking like he's just full of hay. Yeah, because he's all, like, walking kind of like he's disabled or, like, loosey-goosey, like, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Scarecrow runs into the patchwork girl, <laughs> like and they... Disabled. Yeah. <laughs> so He's he got the lupus. Pa- yep, he's got the lupus. So he runs into the patchwork girl, and they fall off right away. Yeah. Because, of, of course they would. I don't know how much of that sneeze I cut off, but... <laughs> it's not like you just went to warp speed! Because you're like... Dude, whoop. I, tried, <laughs> I tried to mute my mic, but I don't know if I got it in time. I just went to light speed! <laughs> we already had enough technical issues on this podcast already, like, I would have been surprised if you just sneezed yourself out of existence. Just went pop I sure did. Never heard from uh, Daniel ever again. <laughs> Oh my god. So, uh... But yeah, I guess in the books it's canonical, too, that, uh... Uh, Scarecrow and Patrick Girl are, are fucking. So, this is the start of their romance. Oh, gross, no. <laughs> Why not? Just because they're made out of artificial materials doesn't mean... 
I mean, she's the patchwork girl. You can obviously they just run cut together a hole. too fast. They're gonna start a fire. No, no one wants to get fucked by Hay Dick, though. That's a good point. That's yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe he stole so, a sausage. The doctor stumbles into the royal throne room and proclaims he He's found the dark put a well. Seed in there. Oh no! Hey, so, <laughs> so the doctor's told what's going on. I think. Wait, what? Do oh, Doctor Pitt. Yeah. Yeah, he shows up in the throne room. Yeah, he uh, randomly, because last we saw, he yep. was in the caverns with the, the Horners. Yeah, he so just he teleports says, in out of nowhere. Have mercy, gentle ruler, and permit me to restore the statues to life. So Ozma talks to some dude. Let the magician perform magic, if he can. <laughs> and I command you, wizard, to bring the statues here in my presence. <laughs> Let's see if this cocksucker can actually pull this shit off. <laughs> <laughs> so the Wizard of Oz... Then makes the statues show up out of thin air. Yeah. Here are two of them. The yeah, third one is Wizard missing. Wizard of Oz has his own like little empty cabinet with his name on it, and he just walks away, yeah. and suddenly the statues just appear within the cabinet. Uh, it's kind of random. Uh, and also, he's uh, he can bring two of them there, but the third one's missing. How did you 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 summon them from nothing? But you couldn't summon the third one from I nothing. Know, it's just like, and and. Yeah, and also, yeah, and then, then they turn them back, but then Dr. Pitt forgets to, forgets to make the one guy bigger, so he's shrunken and back well, to life. I, I know, I'm the, jumping the, ahead a little bit, but... Dent Ginger comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Here's I, the third statue. Arrest that girl. So they do. I guess, the I guess Ozma just, knows... She's read the script and knows that Ginger stole Dank's statue thing... It's that I think the law just takes everybody at their word in Oz. I guess they're so. Like, or they're I just will arrest this person. They yes. just can see through space and time. They just have such a just sense of justice that, yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> they're the ultimate judge. Dread. Elsewhere, the Patchwork Girl and Scarecrow are smooching and falling over, and is comedy it's more gold. of that shit. Is that the last we see of the Patchwork yep. Girl, or does she show back up in the uh, throne room again later? Uh, I think she, that's it. Yeah. So the doctor makes his potion, uses it on the statue, they all come to life. Of course, Danks is still tiny until he's not. Which is then he's moment. normal again. Yeah. And then you remind her that Danks is not attractive at all. And then you, it throws him a sharp relief where you're like, why did half this movie happen? Because he's not an attractive man. Even by, like, <laughs> even if you put him in a better getup yeah. and, like, fix his hair and everything like that, he's not, he's just a pudgy little fucking dude. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. So... Uh, title card says reunited. Unk is hugging Ojo, fade to black, Ozma's smiling face, and the just, end. Just to warn you never to watch one of these movies again. <laughs> I'll be here waiting yeah. if you come back. Well, that was his journey, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, did you see the How end credits bit? You stick around at the end of the credits? No. Oh, it's, what, what's the post credits Bill? Insert joke about Zoop and Donkey fucking, I guess. I don't know. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, and then fucking... So, so after you watched this, did you just mainline all the rest of the movies because you were so enthralled with it? I, I wanted to see what happened next. Yeah. Yeah. That's understandable. Oof. Nah, this wasn't that bad. From an educational perspective, from a film literacy, from like an Oz literacy perspective, it was kind of interesting to see. Yeah. Um, it just drives home the fact that L. Frank Baum really didn't know what the fuck he was doing. At least in terms of cinema movie making. I still would yeah. suggest that he really didn't know what the fuck he was doing when it came to writing either. But, um, yeah. yeah. This was... Yeah, it's not very good. This was more of an interesting novelty, but I still... I don't regret having seen it. 
Mm. I don't know yeah. if I would watch any of the other two unless I was really bored or, like, again, was just trying to round out my, like, Oz knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess one of the other movies is uh, His his Majesty, the Royal uh, Scarecrow of Oz, and that, that sounds like that's more of a, like, direct, like, sequel to The Wizard of Oz, because it actually does have, like, Dorothy and the Scarecrow and the Tin Man all throughout and everything like that, so... Um, yeah. I mean, it's this movie's worth watching just for Woozy. I'm bummed that Woozy yeah. didn't have more to do. But Woozy's mm. the shit, so Woozy's one of my favorite all-time fictional cinema characters. Wow. Yeah, I would take Woozy over <laughs> fucking Sonny Corleone or any of that shit, like... Oh. Yeah. Well, who wouldn't? I want the Woozy to show... Fuck the Porgs, I'm all about the Woozies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what'd you think? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, it it. wasn't nearly as bad as it could have been. Yeah. But it also wasn't nearly as good as it could have but been. But yeah, it's interesting because this is the earliest project we've done, unless we start reading books or something like that and like do a book that was published before 1914. Uh, we'll have to yeah. jump back and do some... Who did A Trip to the Moon? George Melias? We'll have to do like some of his stuff sometime. Oh, those aren't even whole mm. movies. They're just like 20-minute shorts. Yeah. So this is like the earliest, closest thing to like a feature film that we've done. But yeah. Anyway, trivia about this fucking weird ass fucking movie. Oh goody, goody! So this and uh, the other two Oz movies made by L. Frank Baum's Oz Manufacturing Company had the roots in a 1908 multimedia stage show that Baum had put together to promote his first three Oz books. The show consisted of film segments, since now lost. Uh, Magic Lantern slides, live actors, 27 musical numbers, Jesus Christ, and a narration spoken by Baum himself. Uh, this show was called The Fairy Log and Radio Plays, and was a huge disaster, and so Baum allowed mm. one of the principal investors, a uh, dude named William Selig, to make a few silent Oz films of his own so Selig could help recoup some of the lost investment. Um... Baum continued to promote smaller-scale stage shows focused on adapting individual Oz books or inspiring Oz books themselves. Uh, but after a few years and uh, being inspired by the work Selig had done uh, making his own Oz films, Baum decided to launch the Oz Film Manufacturing Company and started work on The Patchwork Girl of Oz, The Magic Cloak of Oz, and His Majesty the Scarecrow of Oz all at the same time. They were all released in 1914, and all of them bombed, forcing Bomb to close the uh, Ozfilm Manufacturing Company within a year. Uh, the Patchwork Girl of Oz was based on Bomb's book of the same name, uh, which was the first Bomb book wrote after trying to end the Oz series with the Emerald City of Oz. Yeah, I mentioned that earlier about how he had tried to end the series early, but uh, <laughs> the, the terrible reception for his other books forced him to return to Oz with the Patchwork Girl. And uh, future silent film stars Hal Roach and Harold Lloyd both had bit parts in the Patchwork of uh, Patchwork Girl of Oz, oh, yeah. with Roach playing the Cowardly Lion and both of them playing uh, a couple of the Tottenhots. Oopsie doodles. So wow, this is <laughs> the Tottenhots is a dark splotch on the history of all sorts of silent film bullshit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know much about Hal Roach other than every time I hear his name, I hear the Little Rascals theme. Yeah. And Harold Lloyd being, yeah, we need to do more Hell to Harold Lloyd movies and because we only did, what, Safety I... First? Yeah. And, yeah, oh, we still need to do more Chaplin and, uh, not that they're a silent film, but Marx Brothers too. I was little lumped them together in my head. Yeah. Fuck. That was Patchwork Girl yeah. of Oz. 
That was a thing. Yeah. It happened. That was a cool experiment. Mm-hmm. We've talked. We've done worse. Is that the oh, worst absolutely. thing we've ever talked about? I know. This no. the, you really can't compare this to anything else we've done, though. No. Still better than fucking. What was the worst thing we ever did? Victor, Victor Victoria. Victoria. Still better than Victor Victoria. This movie has a whole scene missing that sets up the plot. It's still better than Victor <laughs> Victoria. Yeah. Oh my god! It has a racist shit in it. It's still better than Victor Victoria. Mm-hmm. Fuck! I hate Victor Victoria. <laughs> Fuck that movie! As you should. Oh yeah. my fucking! Oh fuck! Oh, there's that vitriol we all have come to love. I kind of—I know I keep on joking about that movie, but I just one of those things where just viscerally just all came rushing back to me. Oh. Yeah. It's like watching a baby get run over by a steamroller. You just want it to stop, oh, and you're no. just angry about it. Mm. Oh, you mm-hmm. know, I grew up in the Pennsylvania baby steamroller wars, so I. <laughs> Spoilers, the baby's lost. Oh, no. No, not the baby. Well, you know, there was the magic the magic powder of life from, um... Mm. What's the movie where the where the trucks come to life and kill everyone? They got to the, um... Uh... Maximum Maximum Overdrive? overdrive which mm. was left over from this film. It got sprinkled oh, okay. on the killer trucks and that. And then also got sprinkled on the steamrollers in Pennsylvania. And then they went out trying to kill the babies, and the babies picked up our arms. It was a whole big... It was a mess. But what are we talking about next time? Next week, continuing my week-long trend of shit the Bill loves. Oh, no, that's right, because we're going to start Christmas stuff, right? I'm hoping that doing something you love gives me veto power when you try to do something that I don't want to do to be like, well, I did you this side. I thought you were were building up, because this is... Two, you're, you're, this is the second of two projects that you've picked of something that I don't know what this is, but mm-hmm. I thought you were building up to something like you were going to ask that like we could do something truly horrible that you wanted to do. I see. This no. is a long game where like if I come up and I'm like, yeah, we're going to talk about I can't think of anything. We're going to talk about toys. You'd we're going like, to talk about that. this documentary I found all about Chevy Chase life. I'm going to be like, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> what are we talking about? We're going to be talking about one of your favorite Christmas things of all time, I oh, think. No. I think? Am what I right? It? What could it be, Bill? Something I haven't seen. I, you've seen toys, right? Yeah, we're not doing toys. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to think. Christmas things that I love, but I know are objectively terrible. Toys would be the I worst No, it's not, it's not objectively terrible. I never said it was terrible. Muppet Christmas. No, 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 no. Emmett Otter. It might be Emmett Otter, then. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, no. Not that I was saying that's bad, but I'm trying to think of anything else that's my go-to. You've never seen Emmett Otter. No, why would I have seen Emmett Otter? Huh. Huh. <laughs> I mean, you've got two Muppet specials you hadn't seen until one of them last year. That's true. Man. Ooh, that's another thing. I don't want to... Emmett Otter's good, but it. again, if you didn't grow up with it... I mean, that there's actually... There's nothing bad with it, but it is, again, it's subtle enough that, like, yeah. Even right now, I, 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 I'm partially my... What, what's the thing that the lady says in, in fucking Fifty Shades of Grey? My inner Lombada is dancing or some shit like that. That's what I'm doing right now. Part of me is, like, celebrating, but know. at the same time, I don't want to celebrate too hard because I don't want to taint the meat of your mm. meal that mm. is Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Mm. God damn that means I have to officially start watching my Christmas stuff this week. That's also a good excuse. Man! 
Mm. Anyway. I'll have to get yeah. you a copy because that thing has been chopped the <laughs> fuck up too because there's a thousand different versions of that thing out there. And I guess I do owe you from last year when I forced you to watch the Star Wars Holiday Special. Although, like, you had to bend... <laughs> it was Star Wars, so it's not like you had a fucking... <laughs> that did not take a lot of convincing. Um, That's true. God. Now I feel bad if I actually pick Love Actually to do for, for Christmas this year. <laughs> You still feel bad. Oh, Jerk. man. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we're going to be back next week. We're going to be talking about some Muppet shit. Um, hopefully I can find mm-hmm. like the definitive version of that movie. I could A, uh, foist on to Daniel and B, recommend everyone I'm, else. I'm um, surprised you don't own like a DVD Blu-ray that the true well, fans put out. Well, what happened was with Emmett Otter, um, the original Ed- Emmett Otter, when it first came out, the version I grew up with had Kermit. It was, it was hosted by Kermit the Frog. And not mm-hmm. only are there bookends at the beginning and ending of the uh, of of it's only an hour long TV special, but yeah, there were bookends at the beginning and end where uh, Kermit would show up, and I think he showed up once or twice during the actual course of the story itself. But when uh, the Henson Company sold all the Muppets to Disney, they had to cut all the mu- uh, all the Kermit stuff out because like the Henson Company no longer owned the rights to Kermit. Something has mm. happened in the last couple of years where they uh, have been releasing the version with Kermit again, so. I'm assuming the Henson Company has reached some kind of deal with uh, Disney, allowing them to release the whole version of, like, I think the version of Emmett Otter on iTunes right now actually has the Kermit stuff in it. So I'll have to, I'll, I'll have to see if I can grab a whole copy of that. So if anyone can find it, it's you. But yeah, I mean, the Kermit parts are that important, but uh, without it, the movie does kind of start and end very abruptly because mm. he's kind of instrumental to the to the beginning and the end, and yeah. Well, that and. More Kermit's always good things. Yeah, it's Kermit like in a little Christmas scarf, and that's always a good thing to see. Oh, mm. man. Okay. Yeah. I have to calm down. He got... Mudron on Twitter has to calm down. And I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. And we're Tardy Podcast on Twitter. And we're TardyPodcast.com. Mm-hmm. If you made it through this episode, good job. I can't because imagine more three about people this listen movie. to this episode. <laughs> It's your fault. Well, if you got this far, email us. <laughs> Don't email us, because I never check it. Oh, no, well, at least at least tweet at us, and we'll give you, there like, you congratulations tweet back saying, hey. Virtual high fives. You must either really love us or really love the Wizard of Oz, and either way, yeah, that means you have good taste. Mm. You, despite all the shit talking I've done about Oz and L. Frank Baum this episode. Yeah. Also, it just occurred to me I should not have used the word adjective bombing so often in my notes for the failure of this film at the box office, because that gets confounded with L. Frank Baum, creator of all the shit. But that's another hero. I don't think so, there. but all right. <laughs> Anywho, we'll be back next Anyhow, week. We're going to start off the Christmas day. season yep. off right with one of the greatest goddamn Christmas things ever made. But he doesn't want to oversell. I don't want to oversell, but that's just the he fucking factual truth. Mm. Oh, okay. You did fan art for it. That should say everything. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah, maybe we can make that the the album art for uh, next next week's episode. I'm not gonna put that garbage on my website. It's, um, especially if you hate it, and they'll just be like, "It'll." T- <laughs> if you, I can't. If you hate Emmett Otter, I, you totally have my permission just to make the album art, uh, the, the the podcast art week uh, uh, next week, just your angry face. I can't imagine I'd hate anything Muppet related. Yeah, Even the worst Muppet it's... stuff, you're like, yeah, that was alright. Yeah. I, I need to find the shittiest Muppet thing ever made and watch that and see what I see if it's still see if I still have affection for the Muppets left after yeah. that. Although I can't imagine, that might be like, didn't they do like a 
Did they do a Muppet Winter Sort of Oz with, like, brandy or something like that? Uh, was that the Wizard of Oz? Because I know they did some stuff in the late 90s where it seemed, like, really cash-grabby. Yeah, Wizard of Oz, yeah. Yeah, they did some, like, stuff that's not, like, even by hardcore, like, Muppet fans are like... Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah, we'll find out what what is thought about Emma Otter's Joe Band Christmas next time on Tartar Party. When the river meets the sea, we'll be back next. Until then, keep filling your holes with pop culture. Goodbye, everybody. Take care, guys. Bye.